0: Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott back again for another episode of the Nullcast uh, coming out of the bye week, Bud. Georgia Tech plays host, excuse me, Florida State plays host to Georgia Tech. Uh, noon game here on Saturday. Uh, if you watched the Georgia Tech Virginia game, uh, one I apologize just on behalf of college football in general, uh, but it was one of the worst performances that you can see. We'll try to give you an idea as to whether or not you'll see a repeat performance like that from Georgia Tech and their offense or um, if this may play a little bit more competitively as historically this rivalry has well, rivalry. I don't know if you want to call that, but grouping and certainly could have been a potential rivalry had the ACC not murdered it and uh, have these teams play each other as uh, you know less frequent as they do. So uh, off my personal soapbox in 49 seconds and into the NOL cast bud. Uh, let's do a game preview here.
1: No doubt. Thank you, Tarpen Sellers, for sponsoring us as always, making this podcast possible. Um, all right. So for those of y'all who do not know anything about Georgia Tech, which everybody's podcast is somebody's first. So, or every, every podcast, somebody's first. Is that how we should say that? Maybe, uh, Georgia Tech is three and four on the year. They fired Jeff Collins. Brent Key has been the interim coach since what the pit game. So three games now, uh, they are two and one under interim coach. Brent Key Seem to be playing a little bit harder uh, for him, maybe a little more uh, chemistry there. I think Ingram would probably agree within that program uh, w- without Collins. Let's give a little rundown of, of what you're getting here. Uh, SP Plus has them 89th in the country. I mean, clearly they've been playing a little bit better than that recently, but also the game against Virginia was just—I uh, mean, that was like bleach in your eyes. So I, I kind of feel like I know what to expect, but I'm lying to y'all if I say I know exactly what to expect, given just how up and down this Georgia tech team has been also my internet might be kind of weird tonight.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, Georgia tech's been up and down. There's some ambiguity as to what their quarterback situation will be. And their quarterback is as up and down, uh, as a player that I've watched in all of college football uh, this season. So, um, why don't we start more with what it looks like when Florida state has the ball, this is the better half, certainly, of the Georgia tech team, uh, kind of a fun little unit, uh, but, you know, I enjoy watching them. I've always watched uh, a good amount of Georgia tech football, just being out of Atlanta, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I've watched for one reason or another, pretty much every snap that Georgia tech's taken this year and their defense is, you know, it's aggressive. That is uh, their, their former head coach's background. And it is the unit of the, the team that does, uh, if they've got a, you know, if they've got a average to above average unit, this is it. Uh, certainly not on the other side of the ball, but it's a four-two-five. like their linebackers. Uh, their best defensive player, in my opinion is a uh, number one, Charlie Thomas, but he's a six foot three, 210 pound linebacker. I mean, that's a tough, that's, that's kind of a safety who's trying to play linebacker and he moves it, around pretty well. He moves great, but he's, he's almost an elongated Kendall Pope. If you want to have a 20 year, okay. uh, 20 year with old that. reference, um, but he's, undersized and makes plays and occasionally gets blocked as well but it's a it's a fun defense aggressive defense uh everybody does this in the year 2022 but tech does it to a, an extent that uh, you see them actually lose a lot of tackle uh, opportunities in the fact that they will kind of half tackle you half rip on almost every chance they get and uh just a quick off the hip observation wouldn't surprise me if you didn't see Johnny Wilson or Trey Benson take you know find an extra 15 or 20 yards based off uh, the fact that these guys go for as much ball as they do uh, ball carrier.
1: 100%. Uh, you had some guys
0: picked out. You, you've watched this year. Uh, tell us about Keon white defensive event. Keon white. Number six. Uh, Keon white is a transfer from old dominion. I went and actually looked at his bio uh, a couple days ago, trying to figure out more how somebody that looks like Keon white ended up at old dominion. Because Keon White looks like he could play at Bama or Georgia. If you're not familiar with this guy, he is uh, he's, he's who you want walking off the bus first, uh, certainly. Uh, number six. If you're a fan of single-digit numbers, you will also like Georgia Tech's defense because almost every player that is a, a average or above average wears one. Uh, you can tell that that might have been you know a motivating tool or a. Uh, for a guy who had many gimmicks up his sleeve, uh, Jeff Collins seemed to uh, use that one as well. Uh, but almost every player I'll talk about here is a single-digit guy, just rambling, Keon White. Looks like Bama doesn't necessarily always play like that, uh, but a really interesting guy that you'll notice immediately. Will occasionally flash, but is more just kind of a physical specimen who happens to play defensive end.
1: I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um also, uh, Marcus Scott, number eight, does a pretty nice job for them inside. They they have some fundamental building blocks on, on this defense. It's not like this defense actually has been playing fairly well since Jeff Collins left, right? So, I mean, they, they lost to Old Miss 42 to nothing, and then they played kind of respectably at UCF and lost 27-10. UCF's not a bad offense this year, and then they beat Pitt 26-21, which uh, honestly was just, and it's kind of a fluky win. They had like a long fumble return. That game had a ton of rain. Their best offensive play was a really great one-handed catch that mm-hmm. was preceded by a ridiculous push-off that went uncalled. Uh, now, they did have a, a lot of uh, nice defensive plays by this unit, which is, you know, to their credit, I'm more just kind of bashing the offense here, this is like not a terrible defense. They're not good, but they're not terrible. They do a couple things fairly well, but there's some building blocks for it. And if you are looking to put down some building blocks for a home for you, or maybe just get into a new home or refi, uh, best place to do that, in my opinion, is Legendary. And I put my money where my mouth is on this, as well as about 400 Nolcast listeners have as well. I've used Chad and Shannon twice. Legendary team gets it done for me. I think you'll get it done for you, too, if you give them a call at 4-4-FSU loan. That's 844 FSU loan, best rates and customer service in the business for my money. So, uh, a couple other observations we have here. And, and because we're doing this late Thursday, we want to make this as digestible as possible. As this, this show will not be an hour tonight, it'll probably be more in that half hour range. Um, They do love to blitz, as you noted. But they also seem to not allow explosive plays in kind of a weird fashion. And I've gone back and I've watched some of their highlights and I've watched some of their clips, and I feel like they blitz to get the ball out of your hand fast, not necessarily blitz to sack, right? And that has led to them being decent in the interception department uh, as well. So something we'll have to watch for there. Uh, Now, this year, they've actually been a really bad run defense overall. Like teams have stayed ahead of the chains consistently, and they rate as a really good pass defense. But I looked into this, and I do wonder if there's something going on here, man. So just stay with me here. So again, if you're following along at home, Georgia Tech's defense rates really good against the pass and really poorly against the run. Maybe there's some signal to this noise, and I think there might be a little bit if you watch them, but also, all right, so they got this really nice pass defense rating. Clemson was kind of couldn't get out of its own way in the opening ballgame, right? They dropped like five passes. They had some communication errors up front, and they they sort of started this narrative that DJ wasn't good. And then it turns out, like you know, up until last week, he was leading the country and in, in uh you know, depth, just accuracy, and some other stuff. So uh West Carolinas, whatever. Ole Miss this year is a heavy run team. I mean, like heavy, heavy run team. So uh certainly possible that. Maybe that skews them a little bit. Old Miss was still trying to figure out what to do. And Lane Kiffin even said, well, we were running it so well, we didn't really want to embarrass it and throw it on him. So, you know, uh, Pitt doesn't even believe the four-pass should exist. So that's kind of another really kind of skewed thing here. Duke actually is a team that, that throws the ball pretty well, and they did beat Duke uh, 23-20. I think that was – was that a rainy game as well? It went to overtime. I'm trying to recall. Um, and then last week against UVA – UVA doesn't really run or pass. They just uh, don't block anybody and <laughs> kind of let you in, in their backfield immediately. I guess what I'm saying here is, guys, I'm not saying like this is a good defense because I, I don't really think that it is. There are a couple nice players here. They do seem to make you earn it. They don't give up a lot of explosives. And they're probably not quite so good against the pass and probably not quite so bad against the run. It's more likely to me just observing a little bit of their highlights, some of their games and their schedule that these ratings are a product of that. The fact that they have played a lot of run first good running teams that are not necessarily great at throwing the football uh, this year.
0: Yeah. Um, It's interesting when you talk about the fact that they blend a fairly aggressive style and also, you know, don't give up a whole lot of massive uh, plays. And I do think that, you know, Collins is a a very, makes a caricature of himself frequently, but that is a, that is the area in which his probably professional future lies is being a defensive coordinator and a defensive mind. And he, he puts together a decent defense and, um, you know, some of some of his more high profile recruiting wins are no longer on the roster, but he he also has decent evaluations. And when you just to circle back to what I said originally, when you watch this defensive play, it's kind of fun to watch aesthetically. They're aggressive. They play in a in a manner that you can appreciate. Uh at the same time, they're kind of six and a half out of seven, or six and a half or seven as a unit. Florida State should be able to run the ball on these yeah. guys. Florida State should be able to dictate an awful lot of what they do. And they're a 425 defense that has a one linebacker that's 6 foot 3, 209 and they don't really have that safety that is a linebacker masquerading as a safety to offset it. You know what I'm saying? Like they're the guy that is their more physical safety is I think 62 182 or something like that. This should be a team that Florida State should be able to uh use a lot of its core running philosophies and more or less dictate what they're doing. I, I agree. And I, you know,
1: I know that some folks think that Florida State is a really good run team. I think that they are a very effective run team against certain looks. And that's probably why they're not quite as good in the red zone because those looks do not appear uh, as frequently in the red zone. But who knows? Maybe Georgia Tech's front is not able to control you quite as much there. I, I do think you should be able to run the football on these guys. I'm not going to make Georgia Tech into something that it's not. I'm just. I'm not going to come out here and tell you, like, hey, like, they've sucked an equal amount every single game, right? And neither will you. I I mean, they do some things well. They are, like, really, really good in pressure rate, actually. Like, they're 10th in the country in pressure rate. So that's interesting. Florida State is bottom 15 in pressure rate allowed. They just seem to not – like, those don't always get converted into sacks, which I think Jordan is better about this season, ultimately. But yeah, man, like Florida State should be able to score points here. I, I think I have FSU scoring like 35, maybe mm-hmm. 37, 38. So, so like if they hit 40, it wouldn't totally shock me. But to do that, they they would probably need some turnovers. And uh, that may be where we need to like turn the page here and talk about Georgia Tech's offense. Because Georgia Tech's defense is much better, in my estimation, than this offense. This offense is, uh, it could use some work.
0: For an offense that has had, uh, you know, uh, be it triple option and something that looked like, uh, you know, football out of the early 1940s or something like that was incredibly productive. Uh, If you're a younger fan, you may not have uh, an appreciation for like what Georgia Tech actually was in the late 90s. For a period of time there, they were far and away Florida State's uh, biggest coastal uh, rival, and they had an incredible offense with Georgia O'Leary. Joe Hamilton was the backup or the runner up for the Heisman. Uh, long story short, for a team that is a pretty uh, proud program and has been very good on offense, this is something that will is kind of an embarrassment to the effort right now. Particularly if Sims is not going to go. If Sims is not your quarterback, um, there's some defensive linemen that can. You know how we used to like laugh and say that guys would have their pro tape like five yes. of the plays would be against. Florida state offensive tackles the Juwan Williams special. Yeah. The Juwan. Yes, exactly. The, the, the money tape that Juwan Williams provided others, Georgia tech will do that for your defensive line. Like farmer will feel very good about himself uh, or has the potential to, Uh, you know, you can find young guys opportunities here when we're talking about what the defense does and how the defensive line fares against this offensive line. I'm fascinated to see how they handle uh, the rotation, man. I, I, I'm just kind of armchair quarterbacking it. But if you have Fabian Lovett available, you know, do you give him eight to 12 snaps, eight to 14 snaps or something like that against a defensive line like this, let him get a little bit of confidence. Same thing goes for, for Jared verse. Uh, Certainly think Florida state wins the uh, matchup here. I think the, you know, the more interesting subplot is how they work some of their uh, guys back in. And if some of these younger players who have shown some really nice flashes, can do so more consistently against an offensive line uh, that by all accounts should provide you many an opportunity to flash.
1: I agree with that. So a couple things to know about this offense, right? Obviously, Ingram profile. Jeff Sims there. He, I think, was hurt going into that Virginia game and, and had to exit. I, I can't imagine that he's super healed up in one week. So if, I mean, if you're Georgia Tech, like you want to win the ball game, but you're also a 24 and a half point underdog now since it's crept up at the time of this taping. Um, now, that seems like a lot, right? and, it, and it is so like that, that's a pretty huge spread for a conference ball game. Jeff Sims is also your leading rusher, and that is part of what makes him good. Right? He has 301 rushing yards on the year when, when you take out the sacks on 84 design carries plus scrambles. Asan Hall is not a bad back for you. There's really only one thing that Georgia Tech does well, and it's hit explosive runs. They don't hit explosive pass plays. They do not consistently run the football well. They just occasionally pop a big one, and they definitely do not consistently throw the football well and stay ahead of the chains with it. I mean, in fact, they are just – I think I put some stats in the notes here. That There's a lot of stuff they do that is just absolutely horrendous. Uh, They're 128th in the nation and havoc rate allowed i think that is a combination of offensive line talent but also just their communication errors this offense looks poorly coached to me right i mean like really badly coached doesn't i'm not really sure what they're doing at times um part of that's just probably a lot of new moving pieces and they're in they're in an interim situation now but and on the opening night they had to play clemson's defense so that was tough, and, and Old Miss's defense we thought was a little better at the time. Maybe uh maybe Georgia Tech being this bad skewed our perception on just how good Ole Miss's defense uh, actually was. But man, I mean, like their number one receiver on the team has 34 catches and 345 yards, McCollum. Hassan Hall is actually a pretty decent back, I think. Like he's he's a good player. He's not, I don't think he's like a surefire NFL stud mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, but you know, it's it's worth watching. They had a couple offensive linemen get dinged up in that game at Virginia, but I don't think they actually like left the game. They, As far as I know, I don't think they have anybody who's actually out uh, for them here. But, I mean, dude, they just – oh, did I tell you? They actually – and, by the way, they, they base out of, of you know just kind of standard spread stuff. They'll try to use some tight end. Uh, not really effectively. They do some misdirection. I thought the Gibson kid, that the the guy who came in for Sims, I actually thought he was a great portal get. I mean, his guy from Atlanta coming home, he did a nice job at Akron last year in a really tough situation. I thought, but in that game, he was just terrible. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Virginia's defense is better than what the Knowles have. UCF will, or, excuse me, not UCF. Georgia Tech will probably have a better, better, just look coming out. I would think because they have a week to prep uh, with with Gibson in. Brent Key, their head coach, also said pretty good shot that the true freshman gets some snaps in this game as well. So who
0: knows who plays? I They got a four star kid out of Alabama last year that they're you know excited about. Uh yeah, I, I think you'll see him. Uh the guy I've I've got a, a guy who this year is giving me pretty good information about Georgia Tech. He thinks that Sims is going to try to go and you know doubts that he's able to play a full game on his ankle. Georgia Tech's coming off. Yeah a Thursday night game, but a bye previously. So, you, you, you know, obviously, if you re-injure a game, re-injure an ankle uh, nine days ago or whatever, you still have to go through that. But Georgia Tech's played one game in the last 22 days or something like that. So, um, you know, if he's got the ability to go, he's going to go. And my point here being is that historically, Georgia Tech plays Florida State really well. And a large part of that is the vast majority of their roster is made up of Georgia and Florida guys. Uh, these are kids that, you know, work either work recruited by Florida state, or, you know, maybe got some early contact and faded off. Uh, you just always get, um, you get Georgia tech's best representation and whether that be a stupid game that you lose, uh, in the middle of the jumbo run off a block field goal or, uh, Ernie Sims, brother fumbling on the, on the one and a half yard line or whatever else there's, there's been some, some wild moments. And I do think that you'll get a better Georgia tech team than kind of what we are all situated or what we're all sitting here in our head after coming off that Thursday night game against Virginia. Uh, Nonetheless, this team and its components are exceptionally limited and, you know, maybe uh, maybe some kind of great rally around the, the interim fades after your first loss. But I still think this team will come out and, show much better than what you'd expect having seen what they put on tape recently. I I agree with that.
1: Um, A couple things here that that, that I want to point out as well. Number one, um, teams do not seem to blitz short to tech all that much. And I think it's for good reason because why do you you just kind of sit? Yeah. I I really think it's kind of just like, I know we have said that Fuller's defense this year, and I think we've accurately said, we've said it for about a month now, and some people didn't like it, and that's okay. We we don't have to all agree. This is not a, like, beating our chest type thing. There's plenty we get wrong. But we've kind of called this the bend and break defense. I'm not sure it has to break this week, but I would let it bend some. You know, if if Georgia Tech gets a first down or two on a drive, I don't think that's the end of the world, guys. Mm -hmm. They are not real heavily penalized offensive line-wise. But they do commit a fair amount amount of offensive penalties. They also just don't look well coached. I mean, it. I don't. Uh, oh shoot! I now. I mean, now I'm not. Now I'm gonna have to Google the guy because this, this is. I, I I had his name, and now I'm like, what?
0: You know. Um, shoot. While no. you're doing that, I will um, just mention that obviously this game is being played at noon, like we talked about, and that kind of changes your schedule and uh, everybody's schedule. And it also gives you a much better opportunity to enjoy our friends at Charlie park. We normally talk about if you get there Friday night or a Saturday or excuse me, a Sunday brunch. And both of those are great options and things that we would encourage you to do. But with a noon game, you get the chance to go up there and enjoy uh, sunset hours. Recently, uh, the sunset and color of the sky has been absolutely bonkers. And hopefully that, uh carries through the weekend but yeah you got a little bit of a different window with it being a noon home game and we ask that you please keep our friends at charlie park in mind and whether it be friday night or the brunch uh we would recommend reservations on a saturday you may be able to just come and go as you please but uh if you want to go up there and have a bite to eat or something like that would recommend reservations for that as well
1: okay so uh, their oc's name is chip long uh and if you've heard that before He was actually on staff with Mike at Arizona State from 2012 to 2015. And then Mike took him with him to Memphis in 2016. And then he got the Notre Dame offensive coordinator job and then got fired uh, and then was a quality assistant on, I think, Pruitt staff. 2020 Tennessee would have been Pruitt Mm -hmm. staff, right? Yeah. Uh, And then he went to, I think, Tulane last year, and that did not work out at all. And now he is at Georgia Tech. I mean, guys, they do not look well coached at all on offense. Um, I think that the proper plan here is to see if your front four can win, whether that's McClendon or, or Peyton or Turner or Verse or, or whomever. You know, maybe Lovett plays a lot. Maybe he doesn't play at all. Maybe he plays a little. I do think that there's a really good chance that if you deny Georgia Tech explosive plays, that they will just mess up. They do not seem to be able to put together drives at all. I bet you that like the number of actual touchdown drives of seven plus plays this year is I can probably count it on one hand against FBA, like before garbage time in actual competitive settings. They are kind of that bad uh, when it comes to that.
0: I mean. Did you, did you say they were last in the nation in red zone touchdowns? I can't remember. Oh, yes, yes I did. Or, or on a yeah, phone call yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that yeah, that's as of a stat. Yeah, they are wow. 131
1: They scored touchdowns in the red zone 29% of the time.
0: 29%. Okay. Well, that'll make so, you feel it's like if they start make, scoring. Make them one in the red zone. Six well, on let's, Saturday. Ben, but don't break. This is the like Fuller's <laughs> like we got it this week, <laughs> this, boys. This is the week we've been waiting for. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um
1: so yeah, man, that's kind of I, I think there's a good shot that you get a lot of penetration on these guys. They'll have to tackle well. You just don't want to have busts. I'm sure they'll have something kind of special cooked up for you maybe, but maybe maybe I should not use the word I'm sure cuz I'm actually not sure of that. They could just be a dead team walking who was playing hard for their interim coach, but now it's it's an interim. They still have a shot to make a bowl game, I guess. They're they're 3 and 4, but I think it's somewhat unlikely that they do following last week's game. Um I mean, I'm looking, I, I always feel like we. I try to hit everything, but, I mean, man, 124th in standard down success rate, so that's not the best, right? Um, you know, I, they their passing down success rate is somehow better. Oh, here's something. They, they actually do throw the ball a lot on early downs, just they don't do it very well. And they run a lot of draws, screens, that kind of stuff on passing downs so you can't just be hair on fire going after these guys that's probably not what you want you do need to kind of have and we this hate i hate watching this but it's kind of the the, the prudent plan here you need to have that controlled rush to where you're you're also kind of cognizant of the draw and the screen especially if sims is in there yeah I, would you even play sims if you can't move around though i i don't know man I, i'm a little skeptical on that
0: I think it's more an issue of a Florida kid really wanting to play against Florida state. And uh, I think it's, it's more the individual than necessarily how the team wants to, or how coaches want to use them. Uh, And you kind of got to, you don't, obviously you got the final say and you don't just want to bend to a kid's will, but uh, you know, obviously this is a kid that was committed to Florida state. I don't think he was necessarily told to leave, but he was probably had a more honest conversation with Mike Norvell during the recruiting process than he did any other coach. He's gonna to try to go, in my opinion, uh, and I don't think as a interim coach uh, who's desperate to try to get a locker room fully behind him and try to have as good a showing as possible is gonna necessarily keep him off the field. So I I think you you'll see him. Maybe not. Maybe he just wakes up Saturday and the ankle just screams. I can't even I can't even you know uh, make it work or whatever the uh, coach said in Varsity Blues that uh, he had a way of encouraging guys to. Explore would, uh, explore the limits of pain tolerance. Yes. It would be really fun to sit in on the meeting
1: this week because you know Fuller sat has sat down with Norvell since Chip Long was his OC for that one year at Memphis, right? In 16 mm-hmm. and said, Hey, like, what do you remember Chip liking to do? And what are they not able to do and why? Based on what we've seen here, right? And I mean, probably offensive line quarterback, receiver, maybe some crucial components there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I, maybe they get some trick plays out of this. Maybe they get some real tendency breakers. I'm not sure. That's that's all the more reason just to not try to get, not, not to just sell out for tackles for loss, just kind of play it back a little more. Let Georgia Tech self-destruct. You should score enough on these guys to not be, have a super sweat in the fourth quarter, Yeah, I think.
0: One thing you'll never have to super sweat is pairing with Matt Lewis and the team at congruity. Uh, Matt Lewis is exceptional. And I know you probably get tired of me saying that, but I get an email once a week of somebody saying that and really excited about an announcement. I think we'll be able to make next week about a, uh, a, I think the largest entity uh, that has paired with congruity in the, um, their partnership, the history of their partnership with NOLCAST and, Uh, Got some great Seminole leadership in that group and fun to discuss moving forward. But uh, I have firsthand experience with Matt and his team. Uh, We as a very small business, Bud and I have uh, nothing but positive things to say with our own firsthand experience with Matt Lewis, Uh, whether it be payroll, HR, uh, anything that can allow your business to run in a more efficient and optimal manner. Congruityhr.com is the website and uh, whether it be a, a DM or an email I'm always more than happy to uh, make an introduction if that is the path that you as the listener would like to go out uh, or go about as far as reaching out to Matt and his team at Congruity. All right, Matt. Uh you oh, quick uh things here, special teams
1: wise. Georgia Tech's punting is terrible. They that really had. yeah. It, like if you every time you force a punt, you're probably gonna be like net seven or eight yards in field position or overexpected.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you've also got like a 22% chance of blocking it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, that stats probably How many a they had hyperbole. it's a couple, right? I mean, they had, okay. To the point, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but when the interim took over, he specifically had to address the punt <laughs> situation in the conference of like, Hey, I know this is embarrassing. We're going to get it fixed. Um, now part of that skewed because what did they get two blocked against Clemson or something like that, but they've had more. I mean, they had a, yeah. they had a pump block last weekend. Now it happened to, you know, get blocked and then take like a 28 yard spin on it. So statistically it didn't scream uh, blocked punt, but uh, the snap is a little bit slow getting back there and the, the punter is a little bit slow and getting it off. And he also starts in this kind of direct line of walking towards the line of scrimmage in the process and it's led to one of the more shaky special team units out there and was legitimately, you know, the head coach got fired for a litany of reasons. But uh, when you consistently fail to get a punt off, um, you know, some of the they can when the simple things go awry, uh, the fan base gets gets the angriest. And that has been a disaster since the first punt attempt against Clemson this year.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I'm looking at this. Uh Half of their punts this year are returned, which is a lot. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. telling you guys, that's not normal. Um, only 20% inside up in, end up inside the opponent's 20. So not, not great. Uh, hang time is under three and a half seconds, which probably suggests there's a good reason why these get returned. And they are averaging a net of only 35 yards, which is just not going to get it done. So... Uh, the, if if you're going to pull the blowout this weekend, the onus is really, I think, on Adam Adam Fuller's defense to either create some turnovers or force a lot of punts, not allow Georgia Tech to get too many first downs, and uh, and force some field goals, and you yeah, know be able to build that that comfortable lead. I'm not saying the offense won't or shouldn't do a good job against this defense. I'm just there is a noticeable difference between georgia tech's offense is to me a lot worse than his
0: defense mm-hmm. um all right ben anything uh, else we want to speak on as far as game preview recruiting found out today you won't have one prospect there uh, as far as the img kid reclass but uh, i do think oh, ricks. Get the uh, ricks won't be there I do think you're gonna get the the running back uh, there that baxter, uh, baxter texas commit former long time uh a go Florida state commit. So um, be another opportunity to uh, put a foot forward and a game that, you know, Vegas certainly thinks you're going to win comfortably. So, Bud, I guess this brings us to our prediction part of the preview. Um, I'll go first here. I see something like uh, Florida state 37, Georgia tech 14.
1: I'll go like 38-17, I guess. But I, I I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that they're going to be over 50 points. You know, I just, I'm, I think about it. I think you will probably get a short field score or two here, most likely just based on the trends of watching this Georgia Tech offense. Uh, if you take care of the football, you should have a comfortable win here. If you don't take care of the football, or if you just make a lot of dumb mental errors, uh, then you might be in a dogfight. So uh, take care of the ball and play a clean game. I also wonder how long are, are you going to be dropping Jordan back a lot, or is it more just handing the ball off and throwing some quick stuff if you are up towards the end of this game? Because you do have a look ahead spot here to Miami, and Jordan's already had an injury this year. So you really, how much do you want to run him and put him at risk uh, in this ball game? I don't
0: know. Uh, that could bring us to our prize pick segment, by the way. If you want to do that. Oh, our friends at Prize Picks. Uh, absolutely a blast that we've had here. I do let me pull up the numbers. Uh, I was looking at them earlier in the I've day. got them here if you want. Okay, please. Of course you do. All
1: right. So uh we have some numbers here for Jordan Travis. Uh, just to start again, prizepicks.com. Download the prize picks app, use your promo code NOLCAS to get your 100 percent deposit match up to 100 dollars Prize picks is a fun way to. To play a little daily fantasy. Just pick some combos that you seem to like. Maybe uh, make them correlated if you want to, and then watch along. Uh, we'll give you just a couple thoughts here on the FSU numbers, and then we will tweet out our official Nolcast price fix card on Friday. Uh, we've actually done really shockingly well on these this year. <laughs> uh, we're not gonna do. We're not gonna win every week. Just gonna tell you guys that that's not a realistic expectation. Uh, but we will have fun every week. So. With that, let's get into this. Uh, Jordan Travis, 18 and a half pass completions. Uh Jordan Travis, 235 and a half passing yards, 40.5 40 and a half rush yards, 275 passing plus rushing yards, 21 and a half fantasy score, uh, two pass touchdowns, one half interception, 55.5 and a half receiving yards for Johnny Wilson, 10 and a half fantasy score for Johnny Wilson again. This is like PPR scoring, so if you get a if you get a catch, it's a point. If you guys play any fantasy football at home or girls, uh, you probably understand that. Receiving touchdown six points, rushing touchdown six points. When we say fantasy score, that's that's what that means. Micah Pittman forty two and a half receiving yards, and Micah Pittman eight and a half fantasy score. I will tell you, I actually kind of think Jordan under rushing yards forty is a bit of a big number, like to get over forty. You either need a really, really big scramble or you need to not get sacked very much. And st- like there's still some intent to that. Like we they're gonna have to be running the quarterback a good bit to hit that. So I, I would probably lean under on Jordan's rushing yards, man.
0: Hmm. And interesting. Do you think you're gonna run them a think lot? 21 is a score, 21 and a half is a score that you can uh, well mm, hold on. I'm gonna hold quarterback scoring. I, okay, if, I'm going to debate the. Give me a little more time on the Jordan Travis fantasy score. We'll we'll put that in the update. What I do like uh, at looking at this is Micah Pittman's uh, fantasy yeah. score at eight and a half. That is the one that stands out to me uh, on first look. And that is, if you want to have one of these picks on your card just to go, you know, pro FSU and enjoy the game even more, I think the safest bet at this point is Pittman at eight and a half over completely agree. I'm scanning now for some Georgia Tech. I don't really know if they have any up yet. Um I think they had Hassan Hall uh earlier, but I think that was it. Let me see.
1: I'm not even seeing Hall at this point, man. Yeah. They no, they I may have just pulled it because don't they, see they don't any know who's going to play. Yeah. Don't see him as a quarterback.
0: That may not change. Uh I'm not. you may not have a whole lot of Georgia tech on the board here so yeah uh, I, I i would love give me a little qb rushing number that i can take the under on uh it's particularly if you know that you're getting a yeah. quarterback not named jeff sims so exactly all right man I enjoyed it tonight uh we got anything else we need to hit i that's all that i've got here we'll uh you know obviously get back into the season uh stride here and uh Cheers to not having to do an instant reaction at uh, 1220 in the morning. It does look like we'll be back doing that next Saturday. So that's always fun, but uh, look for a nice little noon game here. Hopefully Florida state gets back on track, goes to five wins and a, uh, we kick off a incredibly important stretch uh, with the first of uh, either four or five, uh, whatever would constitute a great end of the season here. And in my opinion, it starts on Saturday. And we'll be back with an instant reaction to tell you whether or not that comes to fruition. So as always, thank you. It's been the NOLCast. We'll talk to you soon.